Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show is made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I'm super excited today to have my friend and sister in Christ, Sophia Fleming, with me in this week's Spotlight. Sophia is the administrator for the General Council Churches of God Seventh Day, as well as the editor of their Acts magazine. But today she's joining me to talk about her work with the Bucket Ministry. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So for our longtime readers, we featured Christopher Beth and the Bucket Ministry as our cover story a year ago in September, October of 2019. And the funny backstory is about how that all came about is Sophia and I are friends, personally friends, and... um, She admits it. (laughs) Yeah. Outside of our professional connections, um, we're, we're personal friends, and... We had been talking about Christopher and his work with the Bucket Ministry, and I had I honestly had forgotten that we had talked about doing a story on him, and I get this phone call one day, Christopher Beth is going to be in town the first week of July, and you have an appointment with him at this day at this time. And I was like, <laughs> well, all righty then. <laughs> Not a lot of people get to tell me what my schedule is. <laughs> And Sophia was doubly blessed because I was open at that time. Amen. But anyway, that's yes. it's just too funny. God's timing. Anybody who knows me well knows that my calendar is often crazy. And, and so I was like, I hope I can make that commitment. And it worked. Amen. So anyway, so I, I went, I got to hear Christopher Beth speak. Yes. And then he and I escaped to Sophia's office where we had a very personal conversation. And I got to hear his very touching testimony. Mm-hmm. And I hope to have Christopher join us at some point on this show so he can and he can share that because it's so moving how yes. God changed his whole life. Yes. Um, but so, Sophia, um, you introduced me to Christopher in July of 2019, but it didn't seem like very long at all until the phone calls started. <laughs> We're going to Kenya. You need to come join us. Yes. And that hasn't happened yet, but I I have a feeling God's going to get me there someday. Yes. So she's not giving up. Nope. But her so your first trip was last December. Yes. And you're like, oh, you need to come. And I was like, are you nuts? That's just before Christmas. And oh, by the way, it's the week before our deadline, so I can't go anyway. So, but um, you were so calm. I. Even, even though you're my friend, I have to tell you that the testimony of the peace that you walked through at that time spoke volumes to me at a time when so many of us are scurrying around trying to get um, work done around holiday schedules and year in for those in business and all of that, you just exuded this great sense of peace that spoke to me. Only by the grace of God go I, right? Yes. And for me... It came from the fact that that interview that you had with Chris Beth was a God thing. Um, you know, it was God's timing. And and when that happens and you start relying on who God really is and accept his promises of, of what he can do, then that's where that calmness comes from. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to worry about year end because I run 
uh, you know, I do what I do for the church, but my husband and I also own a heating and cooling business. So I had year end coming up for me too. And for us to go together two weeks before the end of the year was a, was a pretty big deal, but it wasn't. And it's such a minor thing in God's great concept of what everything is. And so that's where the calmness came from. Cause I am not um, that on my own. <laughs> Let's just say that. Well, it was fun to, it was fun to follow along as you got ready to go. And I don't know if, if it was the Holy Spirit speaking to you or if Chris was tutoring you, but as I was hearing the things that you were tucking into your suitcases to take with you. So, so tell our listeners a little bit, for those who've never been on a mission trip, um, I think that it's just intriguing the kinds of things that you take. Now, we'll, we'll catch up with what the bucket ministry is, but what kind of added things did you take with you that first trip? So um, we went to uh, Kenya, Africa, and so there was, uh, first of all, I didn't even have a passport. Well, I did have a passport. I had just gotten it, but I had never been off this continent. I had a passport to go to Cancun. That's nothing like going to the middle of Africa. And so I had to do a lot of research to find out even what we needed and what we had. And and Chris, bless his heart, he had a um, a, a list of things that we should you know consider taking. And the seventh thing on this list of thirty five was flexibility. It was you know your toothbrush, your Bible, your your change of clothes, and flexibility, and this and this and this and flexibility. And that's one of the number one things you have to have when you go to another country, like Kenya. Um, and so. That was a big part of, of planning was, okay, what do I wear? What do I, um, what kind of clothes do I take when I'm going to, to Kenya? What kind of weather is that? So, I mean, there was certain kind of clothes. There was, because of where we were going, which was the Kibera slums, um, which is the second largest slum in all of Africa. And I have to take a minute and just ex- describe what that looks like so that you can kind of understand why I had to take the wardrobe that I took. So the... The city of Kibera is not really, it's more like a conglomerate of small villages, but it's in the center of Nairobi, which is the capital of Kenya. And so the the way I explain it to people is Garden City is in the center of Boise. And Kibera is the same size pretty much as, um, as Garden City. But you take the entire population of the state of Idaho, put it in Garden City. Oh my gosh. For a hundred years with no trash service, no sewer, no uh, water, and no electricity. So the electricity and water that they have is, is um, illegally ran in, and, um, and so it's spliced, and the, I mean, it's, we were told not to lean against any of the buildings because they were metal, and we could get electrocuted, especially on a rainy day. Oh my gosh. And so- The things the, we don't think about. Right. Exactly. And they'll come in from little Podunk, Idaho. <laughs> I really had no idea what I was, what we were looking at. And so one of the things that was on our list was rubber boots because there is no sewer system to speak of. So, um, and so all of the, the raw sewage is literally running through the streets and literally the back alleys between the buildings that we were going to be walking through that to do follow-up visits. And so rubber boots was one of the things that we had to take, mosquito repellent, wipes, um, because there was no public bathrooms and no flushing water. And so that was a whole nother, another learning experience that I didn't know I had. But I don't want to scare anybody from going on a mission trip because they have to bring their own paper with them. 
the thing is, is that um, the the beauty of the people there overcomes everything that you could possibly think of. But packing light was probably one of the biggest things that um, that I had to try to keep in mind is that um, we got a certain number of carry-on and a certain amount of check baggage. But we chose as a team, there was five of us that went on the on the December trip, as a team to donate all of our um, all of our check baggage to discipleship materials. So the council, the general council I work for, donated and printed, um, I believe it was 400 to 550 um, books of John in Swahili, which is a whole other story all of, of itself, trying to figure out how to find a public domain um, book of John in Swahili and print it. And anyway, buying suitcases from secondhand stores because we knew we weren't bringing them back. And those kind of things. And so Bibles were a big thing that we took along with us, um, and audio Bibles, because 80% of the people that the Bucket Ministry works with are illiterate. So bringing them a, a printed Bible doesn't do them a lot of good. So we worked to spend a lot of time trying to find alternative alt, uh, audio Bibles. In Swahili. In Swahili. <laughs> to find, and then Patrick and I spent some time learning Swahili, which I don't remember almost any of it now. <laughs> You're going back soon. You're going to have to brush that up. God willing. God willing. So, so I remember. Um, so we downloaded WhatsApp so mm-hmm. that we could stay in contact. Yes, yes. And I remember this message that I got from you when you landed in Nairobi, and it simply read, and I quote: two days on a plane or in an airport, and now the adventure begins." <laughs> and I thought I would be weary, and she is ready to go. How exciting! Yes, yes. So, it was. so I got ahead of myself a little bit. But I, to be perfectly honest, I've never been out of the country on a mission trip. And so that intrigues me. And, and so I, what I'm taking from that is do your research. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's the organization you travel with will have some. But, you know, research and again, the flexibility. We get so caught up. Um, we Americans get so caught up in being so tightly scheduled. And something I personally have to work on is I can't walk out the door. I have. I can't know that it's a 20-minute drive and I can't walk out the door 22 minutes before I'm supposed to be there because who knows what's going to happen. But that's how tight we run. And so to, that's a great point is that we need to learn to be flexible, especially when we go on these mission trips. But I got ahead of myself. I want to talk to you a little bit about the bucket ministry itself, their programs, and how it really impacts the lives. Because you and I walk to our faucet and turn it on, and we have cold water. At my house, I have to remember to have it on cold water in the kitchen so that it doesn't run through the water softener. <laughs> so that's as tough as life gets for me. But I'll, I'll never forget Chris's story, and I won't tell his whole story, but his, his whole story starts when this woman goes to the Amazon River and scoops him out a glass of water so he can have a drink. Mm-hmm. And that's a novel concept. So, so talk to us a little bit about the Bucket Ministry and how it impacts those lives. So from where you, where uh, Chris was handed this glass of water, the Lord in that time uh, told him to help them. And so from there is where the bucket ministry really came from. Chris came back and did a lot of research on wells, on water filters, on different different things like that, and settled with the Sawyer 0.1 water filter. And the beauty of it is it's about two inches long, about an inch in diameter. You can buy it at any sporting goods store to take up to Cascade Mountains if you want to go for a hike and drink out of the river. You can. And so um, 
The, but the beauty is, is that they quit counting at a million gallons of water that this one little filter could do, and they cost about, well, they, they give a discount for the nonprofits. And so about 20 bucks for the filter. And so for about $50, they provide a family with clean drinking water, which averages out to be about 20 years worth of clean water. The bucket, they start out with anti-worming and viral medicine for whatever they bacterial medicine that they get from the water that they've been drinking. A Bible. And then they also um, do follow-up visits. So they do a presentation, and um, during the presentation, they show them that the dirty water is what's making them sick, which that alone, that concept, that dirty water would make you sick, is a no-brainer to me. But we've been raised in an area where we don't drink dirty water. But when you've been drinking dirty water, not only for your whole life, but for the last several generations, that's what you have and that's what you know. You just know you're going to be sick for a certain amount of time. So that's a concept that they had to be taught, that their water is what making them sick. So from there... Um, so they, they do the presentation, they show them, and then they say that these filters have been supplied to them by someone outside of the, outside of their area, generally from the United States for this particular ministry. And, um, and so, but that's not the free gift that they want to give them. And so they, but this is free, no matter what, they're going to get this filter and this water when they leave that room. But the free gift that they really want to give them is the gospel message. And so they follow this. The with living water. The living water, exactly. So the concept of the dirty water going through the filter and coming out clean, and the fact that we are dirty in sin, Jesus cleans us and we come out clean on the other side, is a marriage concept that just, it flows so well, to, no pun intended, flows so well together that um, we've seen 50 people come to the Lord in one afternoon after seeing that God didn't forget them. That is the biggest thing. Even the ones who know who God is feel like God forgot them. And so when these people show up with these filters from a whole other country and they realize that God planned it because God wanted to take care of them, that's the impact. It's not the clean water. It's that somebody cares. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's on on our last show we were talking about how when you have an issue of any kind, the enemy wants you to think you're alone and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, here come these people, and they have this incredible gift. I mean, if nothing else, the, the living water, you know, anybody who tries to explain the Trinity, you know, my favorite when I was working with the kids on Wednesday nights is taking an egg and cracking it. And you've got the yolk, the white, and the shell. And yet, all together, that's the Trinity, and it's still three equal parts into one. And And you show this, that the comparison, the visual of the dirty water going through the filter Mm -hmm. and coming out as the living water. Mm -hmm. And then they don't just stop there. Mm -mm. They don't stop there. They continue to care. And if if I'm right, they go back two additional times? Three. Three. So the the only thing that they have to agree to in order to get the bucket is that they'll allow the team to come back three times over the next six months to check and see how they're doing. And so that's the beauty of the of the of the whole system is those follow up visits. So a missionary, a Christian in some of these countries will have their the door slammed in their face. But the water people, oh my gosh, the water, the door is flown wide open and look, here's my filter, it look how it's working. But that's what they're finding is that fifty percent of the filters will quit being used if they don't do the follow up. So one follow up increases it. 
to 80%, and then for the last three, takes it to 85 to 90% of those filters will continue to be used. Because if they're not, it's a lot to, to take in all in one sitting. And so if they don't learn how to clean the filters, which all they have to do, there's no replacement parts. All they have to do is back flush those filters and they're clean again. And so that's why they can just keep using them for 20 years. And so um, not having the missing parts, not having to supply any energy for it, it's all gravity flow, and they do 500 gallons in a day. So even if one person has it, they can supply their whole family and probably a couple neighbors too with the clean water. And so that opens the door for them now to disciple those around them with the clean water and share the message. So they're working. The the other really important part of what the Christian, what the um, bucket ministry does is that they partner with in-country um, ministers and missionaries that are that are indigenous to that area. So a lot of missionary type things come in, they do a big production and they save a lot of people, then they leave. And there's a vacuum. And the Lord says, you know, if you chase them out and you don't fill the house and seven times, what's going to, you know, seven times uh, the evil will come in. But the point is, is that with the way the bucket ministry works with the indigenous pastors and, and laymen, is that they're the ones going back to their own neighbors. And so you're not flying in 16 times to try to do follow-up yourself. You're partnering with the people who know the language, understand the dialect, understand the issues of what's going on in that area, and they're they're witnessing and discipling with those people within their own neighborhoods. And that's a huge part of the reason why we partnered with the Bucket Ministry. Well, and sometimes, you know, it's it's one thing. Again, we talk about the missionaries who fly in, they do their work, well, if they're accepted, if they're if they're allowed in, and they do their work and then they go home. And eventually we get that little whisper again, you're all alone, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And so involving the local pastors, all of a sudden, I mean, I think we've learned this, America has learned this, probably the world has learned this through COVID, mm-hmm. is, you know, we locked everything down. How many people felt alone? They were not able to come together um, those of us who are used to worshiping together suddenly were worshiping on our own. Mm-hmm. And it was very easy to feel like you were all alone and forgotten. Right. And so imagine living in a third world country. And also, you know, the one thing that I, the thought that went through my mind is how many times do you start taking your vitamins and exercising and you get to feeling really good? And all of a sudden, I don't need to take those vitamins tonight because I feel good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same with that water is, oh, I got all of that, all of the worms and the bacteria out of me. I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the tune-up and to know that somebody is there partnering with them and following up and eventually, hopefully, making new friends. Correct. So that, especially with the local pastors on the ground, it's not just that follow-up for six months, but mm-hmm. it's a continuing relationship. And it's not that the, the missionary trips that come in and do the one and done is, you know, not it's not all bad no but what i'm trying to say is that this is an additional um follow-up that really brings it all together and makes a bigger picture of what it is and so um the discipleship is really the better part is a big part of what we need to do when we do any kind of salvation message to anybody whether it's local here in jerusalem or it's in samaria yeah yeah I'm trying to figure, you and I had so many things we were going to talk about, and time is going so fast. We, yes. we may have to do this another time. Um, but so one thing I wanted to touch on, going back to mission trips, mm-hmm. um, 
is, and, and I know this is such, it's just an area of interest is, but I remember that very first trip, you got there and I get this message that you've taken cold and the packing light, you had only taken a limited amount of cold medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, you're like, I'm out of cold medicine. And so, you know, between us, we came up with the idea, go to the locals and find out mm-hmm. what they do. Right. But for anybody considering going on a mission trip, how, how do you suggest that they handle that aspect? And we're going to have to do this quick because then we got to find right. out how to contact you. Right. So if you do get sick in country, make sure you have a good in-country interpreter. Um, and there's pharmacies there just as they are here. And so it was just a matter of literally having Google and an interpreter and finding out the medicine that I would normally take here. We Googled it, translated it found the medicine that was equivalent in store there and then was able to purchase it there and take what I needed to take. Well, that's cool. So you didn't have to go see, sorry. You didn't have to go see the witch doctor. No, my goodness, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. I never did follow up with you, so (laughs) I I learned something. Yeah. So I know that you're working on another trip coming up, God willing. God willing. So if someone was interested in more about the bucket ministry or how they might become involved in one of these mission trips, how do they reach you? So uh, if they're, they can reach me through the Axe magazine. So we have our own website. It's www.axe4god, spelled out, .org. And there's a, a contact page there. And Or else you can call, contact the Bucket Ministry. The easiest way to find them is online, thebucketministry.net. Pretty easy, straightforward. And, um, and I'm available. I would love to... What we're planning to do is introduce as many people as we can to what they're doing there and have the blessing of doing the follow-up visits and or doing a distribution. So either way, um, it's an opportunity just to kind of learn and see what's going on there. Um, it's, you know, a week to two weeks, depending on, you know, what that is. And we're very flexible. We're looking for teams that want to go. And my husband and I have volunteered to lead these teams so that you don't have to go through quite, you know, um, not, I wouldn't suggest going there by yourself, <laughs> but God leads, you know, and he's done, you know, stranger things in this, but, but we would love to, to lead a team. And the one thing I want to add to this is, um, so we've been, been really clear because of your professional career, you're, you're mm-hmm. the administrator at churches of God. Seventh day. Seventh day. Mm-hmm. I always say it wrong. Um, this is a non-denominational Totally group. non-denominational. Um, I, I, I am not Church of God Seventh Day, Mm-mm. and Sophie and I are are great great friends, very mm-hmm. close. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So don't please if you're if you're not Church of God Seventh Day, please don't feel like this is not for you. It's totally non denominational, and the whole point is to share the love of Christ and the hope that He offers us through His salvation. The bucket ministry is completely um, non denominational, and um, matter of fact, there were several different denominations that went with us on this trip and we don't have to lead it we just want to get you the information so that you guys can be blessed by what we were blessed with jesus didn't say go forth as a such and such denomination he said go forth and do it so regardless of what denomination you are or if you're non-denominational god told us to go we need to go he did outside the walls of the church we all did there's there's a church in meridian that i deliver magazines to and as you leave their parking lot, it's one of my favorites because at both of their exits, they have a sign that says, you are now entering the mission field. Amen. Go and serve. Sophia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for letting me. And for our listeners, I hope you'll come back and listen again next week as we have another great guest lined up for you. 
And until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.